Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Welcome back. Hope everyone has had a good week. I hope that Wednesday's podcast was, hey, it it was really therapeutic for me. I'll tell you that right now. I'm ready for this weekend. I'm ready for Ravens. The Ravens are here, man. It's Ravens week. We got to be ready for this. And we got you covered. We go behind enemy lines in this podcast. I have the two gentlemen, Brandon and Josh, from the Caw Podcast, which is a part of Fans for Sports Network, on in the first half. We obviously have the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts here in the second half. And stay to the very end for what I feel is a very special heart-to-heart to finish out this show. But first, before we go to any further, let's talk about some news. Not a lot of news to discuss outside of the injury report. So Kenny Pickett, we'll get into this more in-depth and in detail in the All Bets Are Off segment. Kenny Pickett has been practicing, was limited on Wednesday, was a full participant on Thursday. Looks like he is going to be able to play this weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. So that's good news if you think that even a banged-up Kenny Pickett is better than a fully healthy 100% Mitch Trubisky. I do want to bring up one thing before we get to the interview with the guys from the Caw Podcast, and that's all about this story I wrote from about Ben Roethlisberger and his relationship with the team as it pertains to potentially being brought on in some type of advisory role. A lot of people have said on on Twitter and Facebook and things like, oh, Jeff Source, you know, whatever. I don't know if I believe it. That's fine. You don't have to believe it. All I'm saying is that the source that we have here at Steel Curtain Network said that don't rule it out, that the Steelers could potentially reach out to Ben Roethlisberger, not as not as the offensive coordinator, but someone who can come in on an advi- in an advisory role and maybe help, whether it's the lead-up, the game-planning portion of things, something that's not going to take a massive amount of time. Ben Roethlisberger has been very open about how he does not want to get into coaching. He just has too much stuff going on with his family. He's not going to go away from his family for that long again. I respect that. I get that. They understand that. But with things, if things with Matt Canada continue to spiral downward, they're going to be looking for outside help, and he is someone they're probably going to reach out to. That doesn't mean it's a guarantee he's going to say yes. He might say, no, I'm not doing that. It's too much work. Hey, that's fine, but they could have reached out to him. They might, they likely would. He knows the playbook. He knows Matt Canada's system. They wouldn't have to overhaul everything. They would just need a fresh look at things. Source said that they, they, don't, they don't dislike the playbook. They dislike the way it's being implemented. We can all see that that's a problem, right? So therefore, with Ben Roethlisberger, he is someone that could kind of patch things together based on his prior knowledge and the current team and the current roster. I'm still not sold that it would actually come to fruition. It is pretty interesting that all this talk that we've had, people on social media, and now even Pat McAfee's talking about it on his show, it's just interesting it's starting to gain some legs and, according to our sources, could actually be accurate. So something to consider, something to consider. All right, with that being said and that out of the way, we're going to take a real quick break here, a word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to be talking all things Steelers, Ravens. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. It is time for the Behind Enemy Line segment, and that is where we talk about the Steelers' upcoming opponent, which is that's Ravens Week. We know it's Ravens Week, and if, when you talk about Ravens-Steelers, you're talking about some Old school smash mouth football, one o'clock PM Sunday, Pittsburgh time in Acrisure Stadium. And I brought in 
two guys that were just on my show not too long ago in the offseason that are now a part of Fans First Sports Network, Josh and Brandon from The Cough. What's up, Brandon? How's it going? It's great to be here. Thanks for having us back. And hey, we love being a part of this network. This has been a blast. I'm glad you're here. Josh, how's it going with you? <clears throat> Jeff, thanks for the invite once again. Happy to be part of the show. It's going great. And as you said, it's Ravens week in Pittsburgh land, it's Steelers week here, and everything's ramped up. Everything is ramped up. And you talk about these two teams that are really, they're very similar in the fact that you have no idea what you're going to get week to week. You know, the Steelers, you know, they beat the Raiders on primetime and then they lay an egg against Houston. Meanwhile, the Ravens come off of an overtime loss at home against Gardner Minshew-led Colts, and then they look really, really solid against the Browns on the road. Are, are you all like Steeler fans at this point where you literally just don't know what to expect when it comes to the Ravens week to week? Brandon, we'll start with you. I think with the Ravens, you know, you hold your breath every single time like the injury report comes out. You know, it is a lot of just holding your breath the entire week to see who's going to be there Sunday and what team is going to show up. Luckily, though, except for that really bad loss, we don't say Colts here. We say Indy. You know, we're still kind of sour about that. I get it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that that game, it was it was sloppy. It was nasty. It was raining. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens next. But, uh, yeah, I think we all kind of hold our breaths throughout the entire week to see who's going to be on the field and is this going to be a, a starter team or is this going to be some backups but I mean all intensive purposes the Ravens have done pretty well except for that one blip against Indy that's a good point now Josh I'm going to ask you about this, the same question but also throw in the injuries that the, the Ravens are dealing with we know the big names and players but they they suffered some more injuries that last I heard against Cleveland both of these teams, Steelers and Ravens, seem to be a little banged up heading into this Week 5 game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, thoughts. I mean, we we lost another lineman here. Um, you know, Morgan Moses is getting an MRI this week, so um, more to come on that. Um, but it's anything, right? It, like, to echo Brandon, you're holding your breath every single time, and we, you know, we always feel like it happens to us for some reason. It's like we have a laundry list of names already. It's Week 4, and it's like, what is going on? Um, but to the testament of that, how deep are the Ravens roster because the three and one winning with the injuries they are. I mean, I mean, be honest with you when they're going up against Bengals in week two, they didn't have their corners and they didn't have their linemen. I'm like, dude, we're going to lose. And the way they carried themselves in that game is the testament to the Ravens and, and next man up mantra. Right. And, you know, yes, you want the names that are hurt out there. It makes the team better. Um, but also it, it just shows that, whoever needs to step up in their stead uh, can certainly get the job done. And it's not like a big drop off, right. From that starter to a backup. I mean, there is right. There's a starter and backup yeah, yeah. for a reason, uh, but we're very pleased overall to see the injuries um, and the three and one. And, and like I told Brandon, you know, if they're winning at three and one with injuries and with mistakes. Imagine when they get healthy and they're, they're supposed to get a few back this week or supposedly back in practice. So, you know, Things are looking up from the injury report if we can get some guys back. Now, I want to talk about the Ravens offense because that was what everyone was talking about this offseason. Off you know, Greg Roman is gone. Here comes Todd Munkin. Lamar is going to be throwing the ball more, running the ball less. Hey, my, my eyes might have been a little bit tr tricking me a little bit because I didn't get to see all the Ravens game. The Steelers played at the same time last week. All the highlights I saw of Lamar running it in, I was like, man, this looks more like the uh, Greg Roman style offense than the Todd Munkin. Nonetheless, after a quarter of the season, the sample size, I think, large enough that we can now say, what are the early takeaways? What is the fan base thinking about this offense? What's supposed to be a new look offense for Baltimore? Brandon, what are they saying right now about the offense? Well, you know, you just kind of hurt my heart a little bit saying we're already a quarter of the way through the season. Like, it's I feel like it just started. Like, <laughs> but here we go. It's already a quarter of the way through. Uh, I'll say this, you know, everybody says Lamar is this running quarterback and, uh, you know, that that's all he can do. Lamar has shown that he can throw. And that's the thing that has made Lamar such a unique QB is he is a dual threat guy. He can throw the ball. He can run. There are times, especially at the beginning, week one, he did look a little rusty and he was making some really bad decisions. Obviously, fumbling the ball so much this year has been an issue. But I want to say, you know, this, you know, week two and this week against uh, the Browns, I want to say these were two of Lamar's best games of his entire career. He's looked fantastic. He's done really well. He's making those smarter decisions. And that's the thing. 
we know Lamar has the talent. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. It's that decision-making that he really has to nail down of when to do what. And I think that is the biggest issue moving forward, and that's only going to get better with time and as he gets more comfortable with this new offensive coordinator because obviously you know, he didn't play in the preseason. You're not going to get better on the field if you're not on the field. So I think that's what we're seeing in the first couple weeks here is Lamar's getting used to this, and he's looking more comfortable each and every week. Josh, do you echo that, or is there anything that you're kind of like maybe hesitant about the offense, not crazy about? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, <clears throat> holistically, it's just funny that we're still five years in talking about running quarterbacks and can they cannot throw. We know what Lamar is. Um, yeah. For the, some reason, you know, we need to get off that. You know, we know what he is and the talent he brings. Um, what's frustrating, though, is he hasn't been on the field since midseason last year didn't play in the preseason. So you're essentially going to get some rust and going to get, you know, a new offense, new everything, right? Then his receivers get hurt. You, you, you look at the receiving core. He's without Bateman and OBJ. His starting receiving core is a rookie, Zay Flowers and Devin DuVernay and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, really? I mean, they're getting it done. Credit to those guys are making plays. But, you know, right now, Pittsburgh right now probably has a uh, better receiving core. I know that you're down Deontay Johnson, but besides mm -hmm. the point, um, Lamar's getting it done with the receivers that he has. He won MVP with Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin and, and et cetera. So, um, but there are times where this offense, uh, to a testament of that, has looked vanilla. And like I even was shouting during the Browns game, there was a lot of like screen passes behind the line of scrimmage. And I'm like yelling, like, that's not the offense that we want throw it down the field like the nfl is faster better stronger they're going to get to the ball quick and he you know, i don't know if somebody heard me in the ravens because uh literally after i complained and shouted <laughs> um it was pedal to the middle i'm like all right like get it and the frustration to the colts game is the, their longest pass completed was eight yards we saw the deep ball against cincinnati then we finally saw the deep ball again throwing it down the field andrews zay flowers caught another beautiful pass and um, speaking of beautiful pass, um, that touchdown with Mark Andrews triple covered in the back of the end zone. I said it earlier on, on social media, chef's kiss. That was awesome. Um, more of that, the fumbles are definitely a problem. Uh, we're not going to sit here and sing praises, right? Because there's a lot of things to clean up. But um, for what we're seeing, um, it, he's efficient for what he's doing and working with. And that's what we love to see. He's got right now second best completion percentage in the NFL after four weeks. It's what you ask for. It's what you love. The efficiency's there. We just want to see some of the decision-making get better and back with the Bengals game. Run when he has to, um, not when it's just the line breaks down and you scramble. And that's not good football in general. Uh, but the design touchdown run, they were, I think they were designed touchdown runs. They looked it. So um, I was overall pleased for total touchdowns. You can't really shake your head at that. Um, but it's got to get better overall, more consistent. Let me ask you about a specific player before we transition over to defense. And when you talk about the weapons that are at the Ravens disposal now, you bring up OBJ. Obviously, you have new faces, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Flowers. All these pieces of the puzzle, Bateman, I, I didn't mention him. Sometimes that can lead to a decreased workload for maybe more mainstaying players. It also depends on the offense and Todd Monk and what he wants to do. My question is about Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been a thorn in the in the Steelers' side on more than one occasion since he's been in the NFL. Has he been a, a, as big of a factor as he has been in the past in this new-look offense? I know that he was last week, but is this going to be something that we'll see moving forward, or is this maybe not a very tight-end-centric offense? Brandon, what are your thoughts? I think you really didn't see a lot of Mark Andrews at the beginning of the season just because he was hurt. You know, he did yeah. miss week one. And uh, I, I believe they said last week was the first time he had felt 100% this entire season. So I think as his health uh, got a little bit better, then you're going to see more of him. Yes, that, that game against the Browns, he looked like old school Mark Andrews. Yes. He looked like Lamar's safety blanket. And uh, I, I think that's why you didn't see a lot of him at the beginning. I think they were they were letting his workload kind of like his health dictate his workload. I should say now that he's that at 100%, I'm ready to see what else he can do. And I think that the Ravens recently uh, signed another tight end, uh, Eric Tomlinson, who uh, was with the Ravens last year, the year before I was always very impressed with his work. I was sad to see him go. I think there's a good chance you could see him come into the mix as well. So I definitely see some more of these, uh, the, these tight end players getting more plays down there. But again, it's gotta be, 
what looks best at the time. And Mark Andrews is always going to be Lamar's safety Absolutely. blanket. Like Flacco was with Pitta, you know, those two guys, those they're attached to the hip. You know, we're going to see Mark Andrews as long as Lamar's uh, the QB there. Real quick, Brandon, what was the injury to Mark Andrews? I cannot place it to save my life. What was the injury? I don't know if they actually ever came out and said specifically what it was. I think it was uh, like a bruise uh, on his leg. I'm not okay, I'm exactly lower sure. body. Yeah, it's we'll a lower body. Hockey. We'll do the hockey <laughs> lower body injury. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of area you can focus on. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Now, Josh, I want to go to the defense now. The the defense here is, the, is it to me, you know, I thought it was a question mark coming into the season. They've been really good. And it, it looks more and more like a traditional Ravens defense where the secondary it kind of seems like it's lifting up the pass rush. You know, it, it, there's more and more coverage sacks, but man, Roquan Smith is Roquan Smith. They paid him handsomely for a reason. He is a really, really good player. He's worth every penny, if you ask me. Uh, what is the the weakness, though? Because I like to think that every single defense, no matter how good they are, even the 85 Bears had their defense where there was like, just that's the one spot that you might be able to get them. What is that for the Ravens right now heading into week five? I would imagine that you wouldn't be putting this to the head coaches, right? You want to know our weakness? No, I'm saying. Um, I, I look back at the Colts tape off tackle runs, um, you okay. know, run stopper because um, Moss killed us there. His big runs were off tackle when he got outside. No answer for that. Um, you you got to contain on the outside edges. I know it's, it's a lot, right? Got to contain inside. Got to contain outside everywhere, everywhere. But that is the Achilles heel to the defense. If you even have a weakness there, that's, that's what crippled them to the Colts game. They just, it was just like, they need to stop and they got it on fourth and one, right? There was a run up the middle and they penetrated. But then when Zach got outside, yeah. it was game over for them. And his big, you know, 20, you know, 15, 20, 25 yard runs were to that. So that's something of note there. Um, I've certainly looked to see if Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can expose that in the run defense, but you're right, man. I mean, agent zero and queen are feasting it. There's not a week that goes by so far in the early four weeks already in this season where both of those uh, linebackers don't come up in the, even not even local, but national media. They were featured on NFL network this morning. Um, in the wooey segment, um, they, 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 uh, they pounced on the starting quarterback of the Browns. I mean, it, these linebackers are flying around. It literally looks like Ray Lewis's ghost out there with Roquan. I mean, he's leading, he's saying the right things. Um, and it's getting me juiced up and fired up because me, I'm a defensive guy. I've always had been, especially growing up with this team. How could you not right? Ravens really yeah. never had an offense to begin with. And, uh, the hall of famers, uh, you know, they, they boast some defense speak to that, but, um, yeah, this defense is ferocious. It's nasty. And, uh, it could, it could, uh, it was kind of like an inside joke thing, right? It was like Deshaun Watson probably saw the defense. It was like, nah, you play. He was probably, <laughs> and then I'm feeling like when Kenny Pickett, I heard Kenny Pickett got hurt and he's practicing this week. I was like, yeah, I think Kenny might want to sit this one out because he's seen these linebackers feast. I'm like, we, we, we don't, I'm sure you don't want to hurt. We don't even, we're out, we don't want injuries to happen on either side of the squads. But, um, I always joke about that. I'm like, this defense is nasty and ferocious. And we're here for it because it's getting back to that staple that Baltimore's known for, for all these years. So you bring up Kenny Pickett. Obviously this is the Steelers game. I want to get your all's take. Cause you are a lot, probably a lot like me where you kind of have your finger on the pulse of the fan base and the narratives and how people are reacting to the upcoming game. What are they thinking about heading into this Steelers game? Are they thinking like, wow, this team just got their doors blown off by Houston down there by seat with rookie play caller, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. Are they thinking this is going to be a cakewalk or Brandon? I mean, come on, this is Pittsburgh. What are your all's thoughts? What, what's, what are the fans saying? I, the fans really, uh, it, it's, it's Steeler week. You know, it doesn't matter who, uh, who it is. As long as, you know, we're up against the black and gold, they're going to bring it. I think both sides know that. So there is a little bit of history with Mitch Trubisky and, and with Kenny Pickett with the Ravens. But uh, I think that as long as it's the players got a Steeler helmet on the team, both sides are ready to rock and roll. And the fans just want Ravens versus Steelers. It doesn't matter who the QB is. Josh, I'll throw the same question to you. What, what's everyone thinking right now? It's Ravens week for Steelers fans and it's Steelers week for Ravens fans. Are they thinking that they, they kind of, a little optimistic thinking like, Hey, th this is going to be an easy one for us. Not, well, nothing's never easy, especially with Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, what's the record? They're like probably neck and neck, all these one score games. Pretty close. Um, what I'm looking forward to though, is this is Lamar's first Pittsburgh game since December 21st, 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, we need the guy healthy. 
if he if he ain't healthy for this game, I don't know what. So, but um, no, I think the, the mixed reaction is confidence because I think the term we can probably use here is blood in the water. You know, we we obviously beat the Texans in our opener soundly, twenty five to nine, and uh, you guys had a little rough outing with them. So and that was shocker because you know I was even shocked at that score. I was like, what is going on, right? So, um, it, it, we smell blood in the water here because you know we have a divisional opponent right now who's reeling. We're coming off a <clears throat> twenty eight to three pouncing a divisional opponent, and we turn right back around on the road, go right back uh, up the road in Pittsburgh, and they're reeling and. The Ravens have all the confidence because here's the, they're on the doorstep about to do something unprecedented. Their their first three divisional road games in the first five weeks of the year, they have an opportunity to go three in the division and sweep the ASU North road games right now early. That is going to that's going to really show that and set the tone for who's going to own the North. And right now, I feel like with looking at it in your terms, it could be a must win. You're a game behind already, and if the Ravens can improve the four and one and put Pittsburgh at two and three. Um, and with, you know, the issues in Cincinnati and we already know what's going on in Cleveland, um, you know, there can be some separation. So, uh, you know, fans are confident, but there's always that, like, what if it's still a, a divisional opponent, no matter who, I mean, we lost to Charlie Batch before we know how this, we know how this rivalry is, trust me. <laughs> um, but you also, we beat you with Ryan Mallet before. So yes. rest his soul. Um, but we, we, we just know what it is. It's Raven Steelers week. Everything's extra. Everything's pumped up and even here more so with the, um, the Orioles in the playoffs this weekend at home. So, um, the, the swagger is high here in, in Baltimore for sure. Definitely. It's a, it's a matchup where you, you never can really guess what's going to happen. It, it, there's always something, there's always a facet of the game, the matchup, it could be an injury and it could be a blowout. Like we've seen those before. I mean, I, I think back to a Monday night game where the Steelers took a 35, nothing lead into halftime. That was the game where Heinz Ward knocked out Ed Reed. Uh, but then there's a game in week two, I believe in Baltimore. I think it was in 2011 where they just blew the Steelers doors off. That might've been when Bart Scott hit Ben Roethlisberger. He still says it it's the hardest hit of his career. It was. That was um, it. There are those games, but no one predicts those games to happen, just like the Charlie Batch game or the Ryan Mallett game, where it looks like it's so one-sided, and then all of a sudden the script gets flipped. Really, really interesting. But I want to get your all's thoughts on the actual prediction for the game. Currently, you know, at my bookie, who sponsors Steel Curtain Network, right now the Steelers are getting three and a half points at home. So they're home underdogs with an over-under at a whopping 38 and a half. So I want to get you all say, hey, some people that I have on the show for this segment, they say, look, I'm not going to do a score prediction. That's fine. You can just tell me how you think it's going to shake out. But if you want to do a score prediction, go for it. Brandon, we'll start with you. All right. So, yeah, I think this is going to be another close one. It, it, I feel like it. if if you're going Raven Steelers, you're going to say it's going to be a close one. Like you said, anything can happen. But yeah. just these two teams love to go against each other. I, I'm going to say that the Ravens are going to come out with a win. I'm going to say 24-17 Ravens. Mm. Okay, one score game. That would make sense. Josh, what about you? Um, also feeling a Ravens victory here. Again, it's going to be uh, hard, fought, hard fought on both sides, right? But uh, a one-score game is certainly you know, something in the wheelhouse of that. I'm going to go 24-20 Ravens, a lot closer to challenge there. Um you know, again, it's going to be this hotly contested game. It's going to go either way, and um, it's going to come down to the fourth quarter, and who's going to make a play and who doesn't, as always, we know it. It is hard to believe how few times Lamar Jackson has played against the Pittsburgh Steelers in his career. It, it really is remarkable. Disappointing, isn't it? Very disappointing. Steelers play well against him. I'm not upset about anything. Like, they really <laughs> do. Like <laughs> The only time he's beaten the Steelers in 2019 is when Roethlisberger was uh, not in the lineup. So, uh, yeah, take that for what it's worth. In which case, yep. that was the game where Mason Rudolph looked like he was killed on the field. But we're not going to get into all that right now. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I want to give you all an opportunity to not only plug your podcast, but also your social media presence. Brandon, go ahead and do that now. Absolutely. Uh, you can check us out on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Brando Cash. And make sure you check out the calls Discord, discord.gg slash the call podcast. Make sure you join our server there. We do a game day chat as well as some tailgate talk. You can check us out on Facebook as well, facebook.com uh, slash the call podcast. Plus, if you do enjoy the call and my hockey podcast, What the Puck, we do make reels over on Instagram. Instagram uh, is at Brando Cash pod underscore reels and you can check out our shorts on youtube as well that's on youtube but you can look up brando cash pods uh but you can listen to the call wherever you listen to this podcast as well josh go ahead do the same thing 
Absolutely. Um, everything and everything Brandon just said, but I'm going to plug in the X formerly Twitter. Uh, you can find me on there at Italian GQ 52. All right. Now, perfect. Je Jeff, before we get out of here, I do uh, have a quick question for you. Yeah. Josh and I talk about this every time that there's Steelers week. We always bring up our favorite memory that we have between Ravens versus Steelers. Now, obviously you're not going to have the same one as us. I'm curious. What is your favorite Ravens versus Steelers memory? Uh, favorite Raven Steelers is one of two. Uh, it's either that Charlie Batch game that was referenced earlier with Heath Miller diving and getting the pylon at M&T Bank Stadium. That was very memorable. I'm going to have to go with the Immaculate Extension, though, on Christmas Day. Antonio Brown it. reaching. I knew, reaching it. I knew he was going to say that because me and Brandon watched that together, and it ruined the holiday. Oh yeah. That, that game because, you know, the whole, the whole circumstance of that final – goal line if they don't get in do they have enough time to even kick a field goal it was a roll of the dice wins the division that was a very memorable game but i could go down a slew of games and i need i didn't even go into the playoffs because obviously troy palomalu's interception in 09 which sent him to uh, super bowl 43 yeah there's a lot of them i'm sure you all have a lot of them as well what what is yours well, but, but real quick before we go yeah, absolutely. I, I'll say my favorite one. I think it was a it was a Sunday night football game. It was uh, Joe Flacco to Tory Smith, and Joe Flacco threw it to Tory Smith, and Tory Smith dropped uh. it. Came back to the huddle and said, "Give it to me again. I got this." And they were able to get that that pass off, completed it. That was Tory Smith, Joe Flacco. Yep. I remember that one like like it was yesterday. What about you, Josh? Mine's actually um, my one and only trip in Pittsburgh. I'm one to know. I went to the wild card game, uh, which was Paul Mello's last game when they won 30 to 16. Um, yep. I trekked to Pittsburgh, uh, came out with a playoff W, um, and I'll never forget that because it was just special and just enjoy that. Um, you know, being behind MA Lines for real and being in the stadium and uh, first and only trip there so far. I'll probably be back, don't know when, but. Um, that's certainly my favorite memory because I was there in person to witness it and see it. And uh, obviously they didn't do well the next week in New England, but um, it was just special to see that. For sure. Great memories, guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Look, if you want to catch out there, catch their stuff, if you go to fansforsports.com, go to NFL, find the Ravens, you'll see their feed there. You can check it there. But good stuff, guys. Thanks always for your time. We'll be talking again later this season for sure. Take it easy. Jeff, thanks. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, Steeler fans, it is the second half of the Friday Let's Ride podcast, which means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment. Myself, Jeremy Jerome Betts. Jeremy, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, ready for uh, a chance to wipe off the stench of week four. And I think maybe uh, a division opponent might be the remedy the Steelers need. Yeah, Man, I, I just talked to the Ravens crew right before we came on to this second half and the first half of the show, and obviously they're riding high after their big win over the Browns, although I kind of put a little asterisk by that with Deshaun Watson not playing nonetheless. What do you think is the biggest yeah. challenge for the Steelers going up against this Ravens team in Week 5? Definitely Lamar Jackson and and the running game of, of the Ravens. I think you know you, they are looking at getting potentially both – Odell Beckham Jr. back and Rashad Bateman in the passing game. So, you know, you obviously have to contend with that as well. But it starts on the ground still for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson's special abilities um, as a as a runner, you have to watch out for those. Um, the Steelers are going to have to be on their, on their P's and Q's up front to stop the run against a team that runs the ball well and uh, for a team in Pittsburgh that has struggled to do so to this point this season that's where you got to start with this team and then from there it's those linebackers on defense the speed at the at the second level there uh being able to to contend with that and get your offensive line in in position to make plays up the field so that your running game can get going as a Steelers team uh that is going to be significant this week as well I feel like anymore this is it's just around it's based on the Steelers like well, what it's we can talk about the Ravens all we want, but especially in these Baltimore Pittsburgh games, they're just so fluky. It, it could look like yeah. it's going to be an absolute blowout dominant loss, win, whatever. 
and it ends up being a one score game. That's just the way it goes for Pittsburgh. I want to ask you first, Kenny Pickett's banged up. Like you see video of him out there with a brace on, he's not moving the best. Is this the best? I mean, he was a full participant on Thursday. Is this the best situation for him in the offense is to have him play on Sunday? Or are you of the, the ilk that say maybe he should rest up, take the bye week, let Mitch start this game. What is your thought process on that? Obviously you want to get the young guy reps um, in game, but I just don't know if it's prudent to put him out there after how significant it looked. And I know the, the results were very positive. You've got just a bone bruise, maybe some muscle straining there, but a limited Kenny Pickett in the pocket is not going to help your, your team out. I don't think, and it's not going to help him out because he's going to just be in, in tougher positions. He might end up being more of a sitting duck back there. And um, the, the Ravens pass rush isn't one of the most elite in the league, but they can get after you and they can get pressure up the middle. And I think that that's where the Steelers could struggle offensively is in holding that back. I would have preferred to see Trubisky start this week go into the bye week, and then can he come back out on the other side of it? But there's a lot of things that I would have preferred that the Steelers have not done so far. So it is what it is. Clearly not a 100% Kenny Pickett is not ideal, but is it going to be to the detriment of the offense? I mean, the offense is already fragile enough, but is it going to be to the detriment of the offense that he starts this game? We're not, we don't know that he is. He's trending in that direction, but do you think it's going to be, a blow to the offense to have him in the lineup. If he's less than hundred percent. Yes. I think it will be an issue wow. for the offense. Okay. Yeah. I That's think Trubisky gives you healthy. I think Trubisky gives you a better chance to win than a, um, a mitigated Kenny Pickett. It's a tough spot. It's a really tough spot. And so let's talk about the injury report quickly before we get to the keys to victory for this upcoming game, Steelers, Ravens, and, he had a, you know, no real surprises. Uh, we knew that Dan Moore was going to be out. Pat Fryer, me, same. Um, to Marvin Leal, who didn't practice on Wednesday, was in the concussion protocol, was limited on Thursday. It's a good sign for him, barring if he's a full participant on Friday, he could clear mm-hmm. the protocol. I'm not expecting that to happen, but it could happen. Um, James Daniels with a groin. Mike Tomlin was very optimistic on Tuesday that he would be back at practice, has not returned yet. I don't foresee him playing. I think he's just going to kind of sit this one out, take the bye week, and hopefully be good to go following that. Uh, Chooks core four with an elbow, was back to full participation. Uh, Alex Highsmith popped up. Didn't He had no injury status on Wednesday. What was it? Groin injury. This is it, this yeah. seems to be a trend. Groin watch. Uh, he didn't practice on Thursday. Cole Holcomb, who missed practice or was limited on Wednesday, was a full participant. And Presley Harvin has yet to practice, and we talked about Kenny Pickett. What do you think about those injuries? Anything pop out? Obviously, Alex Highsmith uh, being added to the injury report. You never like to see that in the middle of the week, obviously. And uh, for for those soft tissue injuries, Jeff, we've we've talked about them uh, Mm -hmm. ad nauseum this year. That's not something that you want to see because they can be nagging. They can limit you even if you are okay to go. And I think the potential here for... Uh, a more serious injury obviously goes up if he plays on a less than hundred percent groin. And so you've got to be careful with that. The Steelers might need to look into some other methods of prepping their guys uh, in, in the hammies and the groin area uh, <laughs> to, to be better prepared for regular. Season. Look, as, as a guy that was a coach, that was a trainer that, that worked teams, you know, all the, all these things, it, it kills me to see teams being ravished by soft muscle t- injuries because really, or not soft, tough tissue injuries, not soft muscles could be soft <laughs> muscles. Nonetheless, could be. <laughs> uh, it's one of those situations where it kills me to see this because really as someone that's done it as a, as a job for a long time, your job is to prep the team so they don't suffer these. Now, you can never yeah. completely prevent them from happening, but still, there are certain things you can do. There's certain methodology. There's certain ways you can train and not train. This is frustrating. It seems like it happens to the Steelers every year, but they're also not alone. So right. let's put the injuries aside for a second. Let's talk about keys to victory. I, I got to be honest. We haven't even gotten to predictions yet. I have a really good feeling about this game. And I'm, I, and I, it's because the Steelers always play the Ravens tough. If we were to go back and forth, and I just did this with the Ravens guys before this, 
this segment. And we talked about some of the great games of Steelers Ravens history. Very few are blowouts. They're always those close hard fought games, just like week 17 last year in Baltimore, where Kenny Pickett hits Najee Harris to win it. I expect a game very similar to that, but think about on offense before we get to predictions. What do you think the Steelers are going to have to do offensively to even be in that position where they're only maybe down a score or maybe they're hanging on to a lead? What do they have to do? They've got to work the middle of the field in the passing game and be efficient doing so because the where the Ravens could struggle here is in the secondary where they've got some guys banged up and it's it's not the Ravens secondaries of old that we've seen be extremely uh, good uh, lockdown guys on the outside um, gone are those days I think and, and you've got a team that can be thrown on a little bit more and if the Steelers can take advantage of that area of the field then I think that they have a leg up in this game now in order to do that you obviously have to run the football and you've got to commit to it and you've got to be good at it and efficient at doing that as well so to me, Jeff, I, we say it every week, different keys to victory, but it all goes back to how you establish yourself out the gate with the running attack for this offense. That has to be priority number one. When we see the Steelers moving the ball up and down the field, it's because the running game is clicking and being efficient and putting the offense in better situations on second and third down. So it just has to be more consistent. They've got to do it. Najee Harris came out this week and said, this isn't on coaches. This is on us as players. We've got to get it done. I'd like to see the players step up a little bit and 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 improve their situation on their own despite the lack of, of a true scheme here. So, But if you can attack the Ravens in the middle of the field in the passing game, in the intermediate portion of the field, then you have a leg up in this matchup this week because I still don't think the Ravens are built – uh, much like Matt Canada said about the Steelers this last week, I don't think the Ravens are built to come from behind very much with the ground and pound attack that they're doing under Todd Munkin so far this year. I, you said it, and I was going to say it. I, I want to emphasize it. The start to the game is critical for this team, both offensively and defensively, but mainly on offense. Dave Schofield on his Stat Geek podcast on Thursday morning did a great job outlining how the Steelers have struggled in their first drive of the game mm-hmm. in terms of average number of plays, yards they gain. It's it's pitiful. It's it's yeah. not the worst in the league, but it's not good, trust me. And just really just mind-boggling stuff. The Steelers could really benefit from coming out and putting together a good drive, even if it doesn't equate in points. Couple first downs, you're moving the ball, you're feeling good about yourself, you like the scheme, the plays that you scripted and that you drew up are showing mm-hmm. some signs of success. It's something we haven't seen a lot this year, but that's going to be critical. But on defense, it's the same thing. I go back to last week. I love the fact they won the toss, they deferred. You've got a rookie quarterback going against that defense. Yep. Yes, let's get him out there. And what happens? They drive down the field in methodical fashion, score a touchdown, gets taken off the board, score another touchdown, gets taken off the board. Let's do a third time. Why not? And they do it. And it almost felt demoralizing in more ways than one. But let's talk about the defense, Jeremy. What are they going to have to do to try and slow down Lamar Jackson? And if they get Odell Beckham back and Rashad Bateman, and we know Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews is getting healthy. Good Lord, that guy drives me nuts because he's so good. But still, what are (laughs) they going to have to do? you've got to you've got to force them into passing situations like this is this is what they have to do to get the first down so third and longs um you know fourth and longs that they're going to be going for it late in the game things like that shut down the run early and and force them into obvious passing situations very quickly in the game this this all predicates on the start if tj watt and Alex Highsmith, if he can play this week, if this pass rush can get going early and affect the game early and make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable in the pocket early and obviously in obvious passing down situations, then the Steelers have a good chance to keep the score low and allow their their offense to potentially have a chance to put up enough points to win. So I know, uh, you know, the, the basic answer is, again, stop the run, stop Lamar Jackson, but get them into obvious passing situations even with the updates to the offense that Todd Monken has brought in from Georgia, they are still not in Baltimore a, a good 
team in obvious passing down situations. They haven't been all year, even against the Browns, 28 to, to three win. They struggled early in those types of situations. It wasn't until the game was in hand and they could just pound the rock that they were able to overcome what the Browns were doing on defense. So if you get these guys in obvious passing situations, force Lamar Jackson to beat you through the air, keep him in the pocket, force him to beat you from there, then the Ravens are severely limited in what they can do offensively, and that's how you win this football game. It's going to be interesting. I said the start's going to be key. They're going to have to take the ball away. Something else, Dave, I keep on mentioning his Stack Geek podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and check it out. And he talked about how when the Steelers take the ball away and are plus in that department, they've done well. They've won games. If they're not, even if they're minus one, not good this year. So they've got to take the ball away. They've got to be opportunistic. I'd love to see Joey Porter Jr. have an increased role, and maybe he gets his hands on a football. That would be exciting. But let's talk about some game picks. So the Cleveland Browns are on their bye week. They're not playing this week. The Steelers and Ravens are going to go head-to-head. There's only one other game in the division to worry about. Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern time, the Bengals go out to the desert to play the Cardinals. I guarantee you when we all looked at this game from the division standpoint at the beginning of the year, we said, this is a W. Just put it in pen. like Put it in Sharpie if you want. The Bengals are going to win this game. Yet, Arizona has been that team that's kind of always hanging around. They upset the, the Dallas Cowboys. Probably should have beaten the, the New York Giants a week prior. Yep. What do you think about this game? The Bengals are playing awful football right now. The Cardinals are kind of playing some inspired football. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, this is this is all about the Bengals and what they're able to do on offense. And I, I just don't see it out of this team this year. And I, I don't know if you can attribute all of it to the, the Joe Burrow injury. I'm sure that's a huge portion of it, but he is in the pocket. He is reading the field and making throws. And it's not like Joe Burrow was a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen type player that moved around a ton and got out of the pocket a ton. It just doesn't seem like Zach Taylor's schemes are actually hitting like they have been in the past. Maybe teams have figured them out on defense. Maybe there's a good game plan for them now. And if that's the case, then how do you, how do you counter that? Especially when you are dealing with your, your, injury up front if the Bengals offense shows up in this game then the Bengals win this game I have serious doubts that they can do that but I'm still going to pick the Bengals here I still think they're the better team Uh, I think they win a close one a a very tight game on the road because the Cardinals are playing inspired football as you said they're they're very well coached for a, a guy who in Jonathan Gannon was was kind of laughed at a little bit early on before games got going because it's a little bit quirky maybe doesn't have the pedigree of some of these other coaches but he came in there and he's got these guys playing for him and they're playing hard and um i have a real quick question for you jeff uh right now james connor or Najee harris who you taking uh i i would say this until the cows come home if if james connor would were, were showing some level of being able to stay healthy he'd still be in pittsburgh yeah, um, he was just always banged up. I think the Steelers loved him. I loved his running style. He was aggressive, downhill runner, one cut and go. Would have mm-hmm. meshed really well, I think, with what the Steelers like to do right now on offense. Uh, so in that regard, I would say that James Conner, if he stay, if he could stay healthy, they never even would have thought about drafting Najee Harris because he would be their number one back. So that's that. That's my answer. I guess that's kind of a getting around. <laughs> what about you? What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm taking James Conner. Uh, I just think he's yeah. playing harder. I don't know if it's it's just a better fit for him there in Arizona, but I just see that he I just think he runs harder and and more violently than Najee for Harris. Sure. He plays like you you wanted Najee Harris to play, and not anything against Najee, but I just think James Conner's on another level right now. He's playing good football. He's leading that offense. Yeah, I'm gonna take. The, if, I don't know what the spread is in that game. If the Cardinals are getting points at home, I'm gonna take them getting the points. However, I'm going to take the Bengals on the money line. I think they do find a yep. way to win. If they drop to one and four, that they're in serious trouble. Like they are in serious trouble. And Joe Burrow is saying it's a must-win game. I would yep. probably agree. So yeah, hey, this is a big game for the Bengals going out west. We'll see how it goes. Let's talk about the game everyone cares about. That's Pittsburgh, Baltimore. The last line I saw is that Pittsburgh's getting three and a half points at home. I've seen some books go as high as almost five. I've seen wow. some as low as two and a half. The one I have is three and a half. Uh, and then over under is 38.5. They are expecting a low scoring game. Yep. Jeremy, how do you see this playing out? What's your final score? 
I'm predicting a low scoring game as well. A tight game. Um, this is, this is the Mike Tomlin special. You, you lose a game. You shouldn't lose. You got a division rival coming up. You come out, you play fiery, you play passionate, you, you win the ball game and, and everything once again, appears right in the world for at least a brief time until the next, uh, mind boggling issue. But, um, I don't see the Steelers being the better team in this game. I think being at home helps them, but the Ravens are, they're playing more cohesively. They're they've, they've got stars on offense that are playing like stars as well in Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And when you've got as many issues as, as the Steelers do, I just don't know if you're going to be able to muster up enough emotional part to the to this rivalry to overcome your deficiencies right now and so that's why i have the ravens winning it's a very close game i've actually got the score 21 to 20 ravens in a heartbreaker for the steelers so this is a game that again i've got a good feeling about this game you know uh i have a better feeling about this game than i did going into houston believe it or not uh, it's just because of familiarity, the division, sure. the Ravens and Steelers are always a close game. And I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. This is one of those weird ones. I could see it being a, uh, the, the, my final score. Let me tell you the final first. I have the Steelers winning 20 to 18 and okay. the Ravens having a shot at two points, a two point conversion to tie the game and send it to overtime. It's no good. Steelers win and they rejoice as they go into their bye week. So we're one of those weird games. You're like 18 points. They need a two point conversion. Yeah. How do they get to 12? <laughs> Who knows? I got that with these games. You just don't know. There could be a safety. We could be talking about a bunch of Justin Tucker field goals. It's unconventional. It always is. Throw that out the window when you're talking Steelers, Brown, uh, Steelers, Ravens, kind of Brown, same thing. Okay. Let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about your fantasy matchup of the week. What is that this week? Yeah, this week it's uh Rams and Eagles, two Ooh. high flying offenses, uh, two high flying passing attacks specifically that are are just going going off in games, and you see you've seen the Eagles uh, really start to to improve in that area after a sluggish couple weeks to start, and they are on fire. AJ Brown is is cruising. Uh, you've got potentially Cooper Cup returning for the Rams this week, and so that adds a little bit more firepower there. Also, you've got the Leading receiver in the NFL as far as targets and receptions go in Puka Nakua, the fifth-round rookie there, and then Tutu Atwell playing out of his mind. Uh, both of these offense really going at it, and neither defense really being able to shut down the pa opposing passing games just makes for potential fireworks. I, I expect a high-scoring game there. So do the odds makers. I, I don't remember what the, what the uh, total is here, but I, I do believe it is uh, close to 50, if not – higher than that. So, uh, check that out. Uh, if you're betting this game, I, I would, I would definitely be looking at overs here because there's going to be a lot of high scores and, uh, definitely start your Rams and Eagles this week. That's great. I, I'm going to tell everyone that's listening to check out Jeremy's podcast. He does two every single week, Tuesday and Thursday on fantasy football. You can find it on the FFSN NFL feed. All you have to do is search FFSN NFL Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it'll show up right there. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, you get Jeremy's thoughts on the week that was, waiver wire looks, as well as maybe some daily fantasy stuff that you could be looking for in the upcoming week. Jeremy, what else do you all have going on this week, and what do you have coming up on the fix next week? Yeah, um, we'll we'll determine a little bit about what we're going to do on the fix next week based on how the results are from, from the game, obviously. Uh, typically, we record Sunday or Monday night for that Tuesday show, so we'll get more information about that down the road, but definitely stay yeah. tuned. We just did our, our grades on the first and second year players. So obviously a roster minded look there for us. Um, my power rankings came out a couple days ago at a little bit of a twist on them. I did surprising teams and disappointing teams. Steelers did make the list. I bet you can mm. guarantee which side yeah. they're on right now, uh, unfortunately. And then um, if, if you do get a chance to listen to the fantasy first podcast, uh, go back and, and uh, to the website fansfirstsports.com check out the corresponding articles for that. If you need uh, to, if, if you want to look at what, what I was talking about in those podcasts, you can check those out. Follow me on Twitter X Twix at the bets 93. Love to, to talk Steelers football and NFL football with you. Absolutely. Jeremy, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. We'll talk next week. See you. Have a good one. 
All right, a big thank you to Jeremy Jerome Betts, as always, for taking the time on Friday. Let's finish this thing up the right way. Let's finish it up with a heart-to-heart. At the beginning of the show, I talked about Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm driving around town the other day, running some errands, and all of a sudden, I don't know why I was starting to think about Ben Roethlisberger. I had just listened to his most recent podcast, and maybe that's why Ben was on the brain. I don't know. And I started to think about how his last season was Matt Canada's first as an NFL play caller. And I remember how I was one of, a, I was one of very, as a, actually a lot of them, very vocal about my disgust for Ben Roethlisberger towards the end of his career, not off the field or his attitude, but more so just, I didn't feel like he had it anymore. And the writing was on the wall. Were there some signs that Ben Roethlisberger's overall game had kind of, we'll say fatigued? And the answer is yes. There were signs of that. But what I want to make very clear is that if this offense that we see now in 2023 was the same offense that Ben Roethlisberger had in 2021, and he made it even looks like a semblance of an NFL offense, and they made it work, and kudos to Ben, and that just goes to show how good he actually was. Not just that year, but in his career. And we all kind of at times took him for granted. And people got fed up and frustrated with some of the comments he made on his radio show or they thought he could have taken a more team-friendly deal when he got a contract extension at times. All those things, whatever. The dude was a player. And he took if he took this crap scheme that we're having to watch now with Kenny Pickett and at least turned, turned it into something, that's kudos to him. And maybe I owe him an apology. Maybe I owe him for the 2021 comments I made an apology. Not that he cares, not that he ever listened, but for my own you know, airing of grievances and getting this off my chest. Hey, Big Ben, about those 2021 comments, now that we see what you had to deal with, that's on me, man. That's on me. I apologize. Hopefully you'll accept my apology. And there you go. Kudos to Big Ben. Maybe he he was a lot better than we thought. All right, that's how we're going to end the show today. I will be on the post-game show after the game, which is 1 o'clock Pittsburgh time. And then you'll have my Winners and Losers podcast on Monday morning, to kick off the bye week. There you have it. All right. Hey, stay tuned to Steel Curtain Network and SteelCurtainNetwork.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. You know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Let's hope we get to give away a a Victory Monday t-shirt on Monday. Well, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Have a great weekend. Go Steelers.